This is the City of Refuge, Thomaston, Georgia, Sunday morning podcast. The following is a live recorded sermon by Pastor Jeff Deal. been traveling for a couple weeks and uh, I've been struck really the whole time uh, by the power of God that I've seen uh, demonstrated and I've seen at work in, in two starkly different environments. And it's really illustrated in the power of nature, the power of creation. So it started when we flew out to Colorado and spent uh, five days at Wind River Ranch in the Rocky Mountains. And you see, uh, when, when you're there, I don't know if everybody's visited Colorado or the Midwest or the West um, in your lifetime, but if you haven't, you need to. Um, it's, and it's hard to put into words. That's why you need to go see it, because it's hard to describe and to expect that people are really going to grasp it if you haven't. But just the mountains, the peaks, the, you know... Um, the wildlife, the rivers, the aspen trees, uh, and it's just, there's just a feel to it that is really special. Um, when the weather changes, it is really a demonstration of the power of God in creation. So we went to, on a mountain bike ride one day, and when we left the ranch, it was sunny and it was warm. Okay, so we went basically outfitted based on that and so we got down to Estes Park and got on the bikes and by the time we got there it had started to sprinkle rain and the temperature was dropping so we start riding and as we ride up the mountain the temperature continues to drop and the rain starts to get harder until it became downright freezing and we were getting soaking wet And then it starts hailing on top of us while we're riding bikes up the side of a mountain. And uh, all in all, you know, it was really an interesting experience where you got the the full range of weather pretty much in about an hour and a half. And we got up to the ranch and we went and changed clothes, went down to the library and we're sitting around in there. Um, and somebody comes in and says, hey, you got to come look at the rainbows. So we go out the back of the house, and the sun's shining, and this beautiful rainbow is just arcing across. It's not even above the mountain. It's like across the mountain, and and bright and sunny and and very um, beautiful. Go back in the house, and you look out the windows and the other side of the house and it's snowing and the wind is blowing and and it's freezing out there overcast so it's just like everywhere you look you're witnessing nature creation and the power of God we I left there flew back to Atlanta Sunday and didn't even come home just went to a different airplane got on and flew down to Florida and spent this past week um, fishing with my brothers and cousins at St. George Island like we do every year. You can see my tan line right here because I wore a hat the whole time, so I'm uh, tan from here down and white from here up. But, um, and there you see the same thing, only different, right? You see creation, nature, the power of God, but it's illustrated in a totally different way. 
so that I shouldn't have pointed that out. Now you're going to have a hard time the whole service. Um, and, and, you know, it, all of you have been to the coast, you've been to the beach, and you, you know what that's like. And then uh, we go out on the boat. Every morning we're on the boat by 8 o'clock. We're going out in the bay, and, and it's just, uh, I should have put some pictures up on the screen, but I want to make you all jealous. Uh, and just the beauty of the, you know, the grassy areas and then the, the little strips with the trees and the eagles up on top and the... The, uh, we watched a falcon hunting for a long time one day, and then the fishing, you know, and the tide really blows my mind. You know, the tide is just a mysterious kind of a thing, and, and, and it comes in at cer a certain time of the day, it goes back out, uh, it affects everything, you know. It, there's no need going out on the boat in low tide, you're just going to sit there and get sunburned. Um, so anyway, you can you can determine how you're going to move about and what you're going to do based on all of that. But just the power of God, and I, you know, it makes me think about the theories as to how the world began. <clears throat> so you think about evolution, you think about the Big Bang Theory, you think about creation and all the different th philosophies and ideas that people believe in. And I just get, you know, I'm simple-minded, and it's just quite impossible for me to believe that the precision of all of this could have been put together just with the right chemistry and the right connections of this thing to that thing to that thing to that thing. It's like the water. I mentioned the tide. The water has everything to do with the wind, and the wind has everything to do with the water, and the water and the wind have everything to do with the animals and the wildlife and survival and chemistry and precision and you just see it everywhere, and to think that this planet landed after a big explosion of some sort, quite arbitrarily and accidentally, just landed right in the exact perfect spot that it had to land, the exact perfect distance it had to be from the sun, in order for all of this life to be maintained and all of this thing, this stuff to work in precision. I can't believe that. I can't believe that it was accidental. I can't believe that it happened arbitrarily. I think there, if there is a design, there has to be a designer, right? Um, and uh, for you to argue that there is no design to all of this is just plain silly. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't, it can never line up. But Beyond the power of God in nature and in creation, I also paid a lot of attention these last two weeks <clears throat> to the power that exists in human beings. And when we went to Colorado, it was a couple's week, and so they always have uh, somebody that comes in and shares. You have sessions every day. And it's not like marriage counseling. It is a little bit, but not, uh, not in the true sense. But it is like someone who's qualified and has the experience to come in and share things that should be beneficial to married couples. And so you hear a lot of stories, and you watch a lot of behaviors, and you hear a lot of conversations, and it made me realize, I think more than I ever have, how powerful we are as human beings individually. Do you have any idea how powerful you are? 
Um, the power that, and I validated it by going to passages in the Scripture and looking at situations, reading stories, and, and listening and, and reading information that's given to us by God through His Word as to the power that exists in us. And it's a power that's given by Him. And so seated in this room right now, this, the number of people that are in here, every human being in here holds an extreme amount of power in their grasp. It's not a question of whether you have power or not. It becomes a question of what are you going to do with the power that you have because you absolutely have it. You have the power to make a choice. That's a pretty significant power, right? You have the power to rationalize. You have the power to use logic or to not use logic. You had the power this morning to determine the course of your day by making a decision about whether you were going to come out here or not. You know what else you, you had in your grasp? What other power you had in your grasp? You had the power to take the life of the person or persons who live in the house with you. You ever thought about it? That's a pretty serious level of power. We have the power to choose where we're going to go to lunch today. We also have the power to choose whether or not people in our circle of influence are going to live or die. We have the power to choose what we're going to communicate and the tone with which we're going to communicate it. This is all in the Bible. People have an enormous amount of power. Every time I go to Colorado, I think about Columbine High School, and I think about the shooting at the theater a few years ago. How two teenage boys had the power to collect weapons and walk into their high school and murder fellow students and teachers. How one man had the power to walk into a theater full of people enjoying a movie with a firearm and end a bunch of lives. Every, all of us have the power to do that if we make a decision to do it. You talk about the abortion issue. It, they talk about it's pro-choice, it's pro-life. The power, and, and the, the pro-choice side would say, well, women have uh, the right, the authority, and should have the power to make decisions about what's going to happen with their own body. Fine, except that what that does, if you embrace that fully, is gives them the power to end another human life just for the sake of doing, of having the power of what they want to do with their own body. Right? It's, we have power, and listen, make no mistake about where the power comes from. The power in you comes from God. No question about what the source of power is. The only question is, how will we use the power that has been given to us by God? James talks about how just this one little member of our body, the tongue in our mouth, 
has the power to burn down lives, property, to destroy, to cut, to maim, to influence in horribly negative fashions. It can go all the way to that extreme from us just being sharp and critical and spiteful with the words that we use to the people in our own families. Or we can use that organ to build up, to encourage, to bless, to bring good things into people's lives. It's the power given by God, the power of communication. And the question is, how are we choosing to use that power? So we go back to the first chapter of Acts that I read from to start off today. And we have that verse to put up, verse 8 to put up on the screen for you just to reflect on while I'm talking about it. Jesus himself says... I'm going to give you power. You will, this is Jesus speaking to his followers, receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Power given by God. But the power is given for a purpose. To every human being who draws breath, whatever level of power exists in them is a power that is given by God, and it is a power that is there to serve one purpose and one purpose only. It is a power that is given so that we can be effective witnesses of who God is in the earth. So what does that look like day by day? Because some people uh, don't profess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, but they do believe in God. Some people don't even believe in God. That doesn't change the truth. However many people say, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, I follow the Lord, or I believe in God, but I don't believe in Jesus. However many people fall into all those different categories, does not change the truth of who God is. The the functions and the behaviors and the communication of people never changes the nature and the heart of God. Never changes the truth of God. We can't, by our own lifestyles, by our own decisions, by our own relationships, by the way we do business, by the way we rationalize and think, or by the philosophies we embrace, we can never, by any of that, put one dent in the truth of God. There is one truth that's born out of the heart of one God into the story. I don't know if I asked you all this before, but... There's this movie called, there's this documentary called, uh, What is a Woman? And if you haven't watched it, you need to watch it. You need to get it and watch it. And I won't run through it, but what struck me probably more than anything in the documentary was the guy who was interviewing people, and he's interviewing doctors and scientists and university professors, highly educated and successful and influential people. And for several of them, he would get to the point where he would use the word truth. 
And when he would use the word truth, they would shut him down. Oh, I'm not talking to you anymore. Well, why? Because you used that word. And when you use that word, I know where you're going, so conversation's over. And he's like, well, so the conversation's over because I say that I want to get to the truth? Uh, see, that's the way you say it. You say the truth. You're not talking about your truth. You're not talking about my truth. You're talking about the truth, and we, we're not talking about that. Because so many people out there today do not want to acknowledge that there's only one truth. They purport a message that you have your truth, I have my truth, all God's children got a different truth, right? And the fact of the matter is, that's the biggest lie that's ever been uh, placed onto mankind in the history of mankind. There is only one truth, and it comes from one true God. So regardless of what we believe, regardless of which bucket we have decided to dwell in, in terms of our belief in God, in terms of belief in, belief in Jesus Christ as the Messiah, or anything. The truth of God stands as the truth of God. We don't change it. And so, when God gives us power, He gives every human being that power for one reason. And that is to be a reflection a witness, a demonstration, an illustration of who he is. You'll receive power, and the power will, will be there so that you can be a living, breathing, talking, working witness of who I am. So now, this power exists in you. This power comes from the one true God. It's verbalized through the person of Jesus Christ. There's a verse in Hebrews chapter 7. I think we have that one too. And it's talking about the power of God. And it says that this power is given to us by the one who has the power of an indestructible life. Indestructible life. Where does the power come from? It comes from a person whose life is not destructible. Well, who is that? It's the person of Jesus Christ. Because he's the only person who's ever lived, who was killed, but who rose from the dead and still lives today. He's the only person you can point to whose life was totally indestructible. That's where the power comes from. All right, so I hope you've tracked with me so far. You see God's power out there in nature. You understand that the power also exists in us as human beings. We understand that the source of the power is God himself. This kind of power can come from nowhere else. We understand that it boils down to the question of how are we going to use the power. And then... We see the manipulation of power going on all around us. So let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5 real quick. This is, a, um, this is a verse that we've heard a lot probably, but I'm not sure we really have come to understand the fullness of what it means. And it's talking about followers, 
people who are professing to follow God, who are professing to have embraced salvation through Jesus Christ, but it says they are having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And what should our reaction be to those people? It says, have nothing to do with such people. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Um, we, we're in church. A lot of people are in church during this hour right now in America and around the world. Different time zones may put them there at different times today. But there are a lot of people who are going to church, who are hearing the word, who are singing worship songs or hymns or whatever their particular congregation presents and calls for. There are a lot of people around the world who are familiar with portions of the scripture who have a Bible sitting on the shelf in their homes. There are a lot of people who say, I believe in God. I've told you this many times before, one third of the earth's population adheres to Christianity. One third of the earth's population would say, I believe in God, I believe that Jesus is the Messiah, and I have accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. 2.2 something billion people on planet earth say that they believe that. I just want to know where is the power and what are we doing with the power that exists. I just want to know what is the church doing to demonstrate the power of God in the earth. I just want to know that when Jesus said, I'm going to give you power and it's going to be power to be a witness of me in the earth, what is happening to that power? Where is it? What's going on? Where's the transformation? Where is the blessing of the poor? Where's the adherence to the words of Jesus Christ, not just some ideology that we think is going to get us into heaven? Where's the action? Where is the obedience? Where is the power that is supposed to exist inside this godliness? But when we look around and evaluate it truthfully, we really have to acknowledge that it's mostly just a form of godliness that doesn't have that power inside of it. Because I can't go anywhere in my mind except to believe that if that power existed inside the godliness, the, the world would be a different place. So many of the problems we're dealing with, so many of the, much of the confusion that exists, so much of the violence and the crime and the poverty that's out there would not be there if the power existed inside the godliness. You can exercise godliness all day long because if you break that word down, it simply means that you're going through some motions that offer a reflection that looks a little bit like God. I think the Revelation chapter 3 would call that lukewarmness. You see some little reflection, some little semblance of who God is, some little portion of what He gives to us and requires of us, but we're not seeing the fullness of the power demonstrated on a day-by-day -day basis. It's half-heartedness. It's toes in the water, but we haven't dove in head first. These people have a form of godliness. They go to church. They, they go through some motions. If you ask them, they're going to answer the right way. But where is the demonstration? Where, is the, where are the living, breathing, active 
witnesses of God in the earth have nothing to do with such people. I don't know. Maybe I'm too literal. Maybe I'm too literal, but that's why I've said many times, have no interest at all in filling this house up with average Christians. None. I'd rather have all these empty chairs sitting here than to have average Christians showing up, sucking some energy out of me, but doing nothing with it. And that is spoken from my heart and as truthfully as I know how to speak. I want to have nothing to do with it. I only want to be part of a movement that has power at its core, that is being demonstrated, and any godliness that we proclaim is saturated in the power of God. Here's what happens. When we recognize that power, when we exercise that power that we recognize, when we acknowledge that it is born out of the truth from the one true God, Well, before I tell you what happens to us, let me tell you how it's demonstrated, okay? You have a godliness in you because you are a child of God. Jesus promised you the power to be a witness, and you have embraced that, and that power exists in you. What do you do? You love people. You love people. Why do we love people? Why are we required to love people? Why is love for people a natural result of living in the power of God's godliness? Because if He's in you, God is love. If God is in you and He has instilled His power in you, that love is going to be a part of who you are. And if it's part of who you are, it's going to pour out of you and you won't even be able to plan it or help it. You love people. And the judgmentalism ebbs out. And the critical spirit ebbs out. And the harshness has to go. And the, the um, holier-than-thou attitude dissipates. And you see yourself as no more important, no more valuable than anybody you come in contact with. You love people. And when you love people, you serve people. You give to people. You bless people. Jesus said if you expect to gain your own life, you give your life away. When I prayed, I said we present ourselves as living sacrifices. That's what Paul called us to do. I, I urge you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present yourselves as living sacrifices. If you're a sacrifice, then you're constantly giving, laying down your own priorities and your own desires 
for the sake of somebody else. If you have the power tied up inside the godliness, it's going to show up by the way that you serve God and you serve other people by your level of obedience to the commandments of Christ when he said to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to be a friend to the lonely person, to take in the poor homeless wanderer. You're going to take all that very seriously if the power of God exists in you. If you're going to be a witness of Him in the earth, if you're going to be a reflection of who God is. And then here's the result. And this is the great irony of all of it. The more that you give yourself away through the power of God, the more powerful you become. If um, Tracy's going to um, shopping, going to Costco or somewhere, and she says, I need some money. And that happens pretty frequently. And I give her some money. I check my bank account later, and I don't have more money than I had when I gave her money. I have less money. That's the contrast to the way the power of God works in us. The more we exercise the power of God and it flows out of us through service, through love, through giving, the more the power grows up in us and we become more powerful than we were before. If we check our power account after we've given ourselves away in service, our power account is going to be bulkier and stronger and richer than it was before we gave that power away. Because this is the way you become more powerful in the kingdom. This is the way you become more effective. This is the way you influence people at higher levels is you give yourself away more. And the more you give yourself away, the more Jesus gives himself to you. And he's way more powerful than you are. You will see power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be a powerful witness and that power inside of you as a witness grows and you become a more powerful witness. You become stronger. You become more dynamic. Listen, we can sit on our rear ends forever and just go to church and listen to the preacher. And we're going to be weak and we're going to be anemic and we might as well just stay at home. Couldn't tell you the number of times when I was working in churches as a staff member that people would get ready to leave the church and move on to another church and they would come to tell you that and their reason would be I'm just not getting fed here the, the preacher's not feeding me I I'm not growing you know in other words I, I, I'm, my power level is not going up I'm not getting stronger I don't feel more effective as a believer. Y'all are not doing your job in, in growing me up in the faith. <laughs> well, you know my answer. Well, that's not my job to grow you up. If you get up off your hind end and start serving and working and loving and blessing and giving to other people, you'd be a whole lot stronger. You'd be a whole lot more powerful. You'd be a whole lot more mature. You'd be growing up in your faith. That's the key. 
All, uh, all your pastor, your preacher is supposed to be doing on Sundays is, is encouraging you, giving you some tools to go out in the next week and exercise that power that you have inside of you so that you can grow up in your faith as you live it out. Witnessing means not coming to church and listening to somebody speak. Witnessing means going out there and living it. Living it out. And it's not just lip service either because as soon as you start just witnessing with your mouth you're going to do something or say something in front of the same people you've been witnessing to that's going to cause disillusionment disappointment in them because you're a human being and they're going to look at you and say well you were talking about this the other day and now you're doing that you're a hypocrite <laughs> when i was a teenager one of the worst experiences i've ever had some of the worst experiences were when adults would load us up in cars as teenagers, and drive us around with gospel tracts in our hands and put us out in neighborhoods and say, go door to door, knock on the door, hand them the tract, tell them Jesus loves them, ask them if they're saved and if you can pray with them. I was terrified of that. I didn't want to be doing that. First of all, because I was shy. Secondly, because I was afraid of dogs. And, and thirdly, because I knew all the terrible stuff I was doing and saying when I was at school the next day and the day before, and how my witnessing was illegitimate. Right? That, 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 witness, that kind of witnessing can have its place and it can have its effect. And I think there are a lot of people who have been born again when somebody showed up at their door with a gospel tract. Great. But I'll tell you a more effective way to witness is to get up every day and walk it out. Love people. Right? Demonstrate a spirit of compassion, of generosity, of benevolence. To, to respond when you see people in crisis. To respond when you see people who really need you to be a friend to them. To respond when, when people need for you to bless them in some practical way. And you will become more powerful, stronger, more effective, and more dynamic. But we have another option. We can use our power to try to satisfy something for ourselves. Because remember, we have the power, and we have a choice that's one of the things that power does for us is gives us a choice. So there's these things called the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye and the pride of life. And we can exercise our power toward gaining stuff for ourselves that falls in one of those three categories. And if you use that gift of power that the Father has given you for that purpose, you become weaker, you become more anemic, you become more ineffective, and you become more hypocritical. Because that's not the reason he gives us the power. Jesus says, I'm giving you power to be a witness, to live it out. So reality is we can't live it out effectively without his power. It's impossible. We're just imposters if that's what we're trying to do.
I would love for anyone looking from the outside in to determine that we are a group of people that use the power of God in a way that blesses other people. The byproduct is we get blessed ourselves. The byproduct is we grow stronger. We grow more effective. And, and he gives us more keys to the kingdom like we talked about a couple weeks ago in here. And we're able to unlock doors and we're able to bind what's bound in heaven and loose what's loosed in heaven. We're able to walk through that door. We're able to lead other people through that door. But as I witnessed power in nature, power in creation these past two weeks, I've just been moved by the power that's inside of me and challenged about what I am doing with it and what I'm going to do with it in the future. You know, one of my, one of my cousins that fishes with us is, um, you know, he has some challenges with family and uh, there's a lot of, there are a lot of issues over there in their family and he has a, a son that is rebellious and the son has all the power in the family. 15 years old. Whatever he wants to do, he does. Whatever he says, goes. Nobody corrects him. Nobody disciplines him. Nobody steps in and says, oh, no, you're not doing that here. You know. Um, and my cousin's telling me the stories. And, and ultimately, I, I used to maybe try to offer a little advice or whatever until I realized, well, it doesn't do any good. So now I just listen. And ultimately, he, he told me this story about some stuff that's going on. And so I just said, yeah, man, that's, yeah. Mm. And I just waited. And then his follow-up statement, his last statement on it was, I don't know what to do about it. I don't know what to do about it. I'm thinking in my head, well, I got all kinds of ideas what to do about it. But I'm not going to tell a grown man what to do with his own kid, I don't guess. Not in this case, anyway. He wasn't really asking me what to do. Um, he asked me some years back what to do, and I told him, and he didn't do it. So I don't think he's asking for that again. But I just think it's a shame when, and I hope he don't listen to this podcast. Don't put this podcast up. Because then he might not like me anymore. But um, I think it's tragic, really. When we have a gift inside of us that we choose either to just ignore and not use or to use in an unproductive way or even a destructive way. And that's the case when it comes to the power that exists in us because every one of us has it. And it's illustrated through daily activity and all that, but the deeper and the bigger picture is is that if, if we're not exercising the power that Jesus has given us, then we're not being effective witnesses in the earth. And if there's anything this world needs, it is effective witnesses of who God is and who the person of Jesus Christ is. That's what they need. They don't need somebody else to argue with. They don't need somebody else to, to battle in the streets with. They don't need somebody else to insult them or to criticize them. They need witnesses, shining lights, living it out in front of them day by day. Father, thank you for your power. We don't deserve it, but you gave it to us. You didn't even charge us for it. You just told us that 
you had power to give us, if we would receive that power, it would make us witnesses in the earth. I, I repent for the times that I've claimed godliness, but I've done so without the power. I, I repent for the times that I've tried to talk about having the power, but have not been living it out properly, and so my power has been diminished. I pray that your power today would be real in every one of us as we leave this place, and that we would intentionally use that power this week to spread the truth among the people we come in contact with, and that starts in our own homes. I pray that this week we would understand that a form of godliness is not enough, that the power has to be there. I pray this week that somebody would, somebody would see our lives as witnesses, as living sacrifices, and that they would be moved into that same direction themselves. I thank you for this house, this family, and the impact we've had on this community and the impact that we have potential to have in the future, but it's going to require that we walk in your power. We commit ourselves to obedience to that this morning and pray for your blessings of peace and power and provision protection as we go, that you would give us all a great week, that we would uh, cross paths with people who need what you have given us so that we can give it away. We pray it in your name. Amen. Amen.